Hello and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie, and of course, Mark Broadhurst. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I hope you've had a safe and healthy Christmas and New Year. Hope you're able to bring it in with a smile. Um, there's not much cheer going around still at the moment, but at least we've still got Bundesliga action to keep us occupied. So we'll talk about the Bundesliga instead to keep us all happy. Uh, please do, if you've not already, give us a subscribe, click the big red button on YouTube uh, so that you can keep track of all our videos coming out in what we hope is going to be a huge year for the Bundesliga show and, of course, OTB. Uh, we've got ourselves over 100 subscribers now, so that's brilliant. And so let's just now start seeing that grow and grow and grow. And, of course, if you do it, uh, if you are listening to us on a podcast, do the same. Give us a subscribe and let us know how we are getting on. Um, so, as is usual, we're not going to change to 2021. We're going over to Mark for our anagram segment. So, Mark's mystery anagram to kick us off. For the new year, Mark, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, so it seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? But it was only actually two two weeks ago. I mean, it was only a, it was a shortened break due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Obviously, usually it's about a one month or four four to five week break. But this year it was only two weeks, even only ten days if you include the uh, the. Uh, Deutsche Pokal games, the German Cup games as well, which happened the week just before Christmas. So, yeah. So let's have a little look. So if you remember, uh, the last anagram of 2020 was indeed uh, gonna lie. So, yeah, we, we actually got a couple of people who got it correct on our um, on our uh, channel, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. And as you can see, on the bottom of your screen, it was indeed the fantastic, one of the players of the season in the Bundesliga this year, the fantastic uh, fullback for RB Leipzig, uh, Angelino, uh, fantastic season, yeah, and well done to the guys who got that correct on our YouTube channel. Very well done. So, yeah, so let's swiftly move on to our first um, one of 2021 now, our first Mark's Mystery Anagram of 2021 which, as you can see now on the bottom of your screen, it's a very interesting one. I'm going to have a bit of difficulty pronouncing that one, to be honest. <laughs> or use a new. So, yeah, I mean, I think you definitely need a pen to write this one down, to be honest. Because I think the pronunciation doesn't really give you the true idea of what it's trying to say. So, yeah. So, remember, if you're listening on our podcast on Anchor or on Spotify or anything like that, then just take a pen and write down what you can hear. So it's four words. The first word is or, A-W-E. The second word is use, U-S-E. The third word is uh, which is U-H. And the final word is new, which is N-U. Or use a uh, new. I'm really struggling saying that one this week. But yeah, it has to be a player, a manager slash head coach or a club from the Bundesliga, only related to the top division of the Bundesliga. So, yeah. So, have fun doing that. Use your free time in the lockdown. I think just about the whole of Europe is in lockdown at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, enjoy your free time to check that out. And, uh, yeah, uh, please get in touch with us on our comments section in the YouTube or just play along for fun 
at home. So yeah, that's the end of your first Mark's Mystery Anagram for 2021. So yeah, so I mean, it's been another fantastic weekend of Bundesliga action in the first week of January. This week's fixtures were on the 2nd and the 3rd of January. So yeah, nice early Bundesliga action for you this year. So let's have a look at the scores on the doors for week 14 of the Bundesliga. So as you can see, there were no Friday games this week. So it was straight on to Saturday afternoon with a 1-0 win for Augsburg in Cologne. They, they seem to get a lot of late goals, Augsburg, don't they? Hmm. Another one this week. Uh, Gladbach also with a probably quite an uninspiring 1-0 win at Bielefeld, but it was a big win nonetheless. Frankfurt with a great performance, winning 2-1 against Leverkusen. Freiburg, four wins in a row for them now. It's turning into a really good season again for the men from uh, the Black Forest. Freiburg winning 3-1 at uh, local rivals Hoffenheim. Another, the Union train just keeps rolling, doesn't it, with a very, very comfortable 2-0 win at Fast declining Werder Bremen. Um, and then, yeah, it wasn't uh, no problems at home this week for Hertha Berlin, who smashed beleaguered Schalke 3 0. Good performance from them for only their second home win of the season. And then it was a hard fought 1 0 win for Leipzig away in Stuttgart. A big, big win that, and it proves the kind of uh, the maturity of this Leipzig team is improving week by week. Then um, a good win, actually, for Dortmund, a must-win game. A lot of people didn't fancy them to beat Wolfsburg, but it was relatively comfortable 2-0 at home. And then, yeah, the game of the weekend, a 5-2 win for Bayern, but that doesn't tell the whole story. We'll talk more about that one in a very short space of time. So, yeah, there's your scores on the doors for week nine. So let's move on to OTB's Featured Four, where me and Rory have a little discussion before every week and we choose the favourite four games of the weekend. And yeah, let's take a look at that this week. So as you can see, Over the Bars Featured Four, the first game of the weekend. We're going to start in Bavaria at the Allianz Arena with this fantastic match, 5-2 to Bayern Munich against Mainz. But obviously, this doesn't tell half the story with the fact that Mainz were leading 2-0 at the break. I, I thought it was too good to be true. Then Mainz missed a sitter as well through Lasma, which would have made it 3-0 after about 46, 47 minutes. And lo and behold, who knows it? You can see the, the final score on the bottom of your screen. So, Rory, what did you make of that one? Yeah, it was a crazy game. Um, Bayern, uh, Bayern could have um, been in the lead after about five minutes, near enough, when um, Sane actually had a shot cleared off the line. So it might have been another story if that had gone in. So their minds um, got themselves going. And again, potential uh, bit of controversy in their first goal. Did did the goal scorer, Burkhard, push push Boateng to get to get in behind to then lash home, which was a really good finish. Um, for me, I think Boateng's just got himself into a bit of a muddle and, and kind of completely messed up and is obviously then trying to, you know, um, cry to the referee about it. For me, I think that's a good decision, actually. Um, and then they get themselves, uh, they managed to double their lead going into halftime 2-0, which is brilliant. Um I think the one thing that I've said all all season so far on this channel on this show is that um, 
usually teams can often get themselves ahead against against Bayern, but it's then can you get into half time with your, with your lead intact? Uh, it's something that Hoffenheim did when they beat them earlier on the season. Um, the fact that I saw it was two 0 at half time, I was actually quite well. Obviously, I was massively surprised, but I was also quite confident that Mines would actually go on and do do the job um, because Bayern often get these late goals in the first half, and it, it's usually a massive momentum shifter. But as we, as you alluded to, um, Mines had this huge chance to get themselves 3-0 up and what probably would have killed the game. Um, so that, yeah, obviously that's a big kind of talking point, the fact that Mines weren't able to do that. Um, and then the champions go to work and, you know, the momentum kind of sw- swings their way with, with the goals that go in. Kimmich obviously heading in um, to get themselves back into the game and it's kind of... Well, I say it was kind of one-way traffic from there. Of course, when it went to 2-2, Mines were so close to taking the lead again by a Quazon. What a fantastic effort that was. Uh, so, that, I mean, again, that's so unlucky. So, I mean, in theory, we're, I mean, this game could have finished any number, really, because Mines really could have scored a few more themselves. And I think it, it's a scoreline that does flatter Bayern, but at the same time, uh, I think as we were talking about at the weekend, like the, this team, Bayern, how like how good are they under pressure? Like they, it's almost like they do this to themselves to see like how good they are. <laughs> like, sh- shall we shall we go two 0 behind this weekend and turn it around? Should we try three? Like, see how many goals we can score in half an hour? Like, it is just ridiculous. Like they they are just relentless. You just kind of feel them coming. Um, in the game, and uh, once I saw the fact that it went to two-one, I just, yeah, I just completely in my head knew that yeah, it would it would be a buy and win still. Um, so that's yeah, completely impressive um, from the champions. They go go marching on, and um, from mine's point of view, it's um, it's what if I guess um, never a game that they would have ever considered to have want to have like targeted to take three points from or even a point. There are games where you look at during the season, especially if you're in a relegation race, and you just kind of, you know, scratch them off and away at the champions is not one you expect to go and get points, really, is it? Um so but the position they got themselves into, oh, I mean, that would have really shaken things up at the top and at the bottom of the league. So yeah, what a game of football. Yeah, I just think it's uh, the the question it left me asking at the end of this game is like, how many times can Bayern get lucky though? You know, like I think yeah, to to an extent, I do agree with you that I mean the the mentality of that team that is bought is just the team is just packed with winners. You know, I mean Kimmich, uh, Muller, uh, Lewandowski, the, the the list is just endless. You know, most of these guys have won everything in the game. You know. A lot of World Cup winners in the team, Champions League winners, the lot. But, I mean, I've got to say, I mean, that chance at 2-0, you know, Lazma. I mean, you've, oh, like, I'm sure any other team that would have gone in against, you know. And, the, and I think the, the Quazon effort was even more unlucky, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just, I mean, he's hit the shot of his life, hasn't he? It's absolutely mm-hmm. screamed past Neuer. It's smashed the bar and it's pretty much bounced on the line and still not gone over. I mean, the chances are they'd still have lost if that went 3-2, to be honest. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. And the, the chances are they'd have lost if it went 3-0 through Lazma. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you also got to look at some of the Bayern goals as well. I mean, obviously, the first two are decent goals, a nice piece of skill from Nabry. 
for the first one. The second one is like a classic Sane finish, you know. Yeah. We've not seen a lot of good from Sane this year, but that's like three or four goals he scored very, very similar to that this season. That's yeah. turning into like his classic finish, really, when he cuts in and like mm-hmm. screams a long curled effort into the bottom corner. That was a nice goal to get level. But then, I mean, the third goal through Sula, I mean, that's just pure luck as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's just, he swung his leg at it and it's nicked the defender kind of on his, just in the wrong spot where it deceives the keeper and goes in. And then for me, the penalty that makes it 4-2, I mean, that's a non-event really. You know, that's a, we we, we kind of, uh, we credit the refereeing a lot in the Bundesliga and I think rightly so. But I mean, this was a poor decision as far as I'm concerned. It was just like a bit of a tumble and it was like, for me, it was never a penalty that one. So I think by that point it's 4-2 and it's game over then, isn't it? But I mean, the, the third and the fourth goal, I mean, the, when you consider the effort that Quazon's uh, hammered in, and that's counted for nothing, and then yeah. that lucky Sula effort. I mean, I don't want to criticise Bayern. I mean, I, I do respect any sports person or any sports team that have got that kind of mentality. I think it's great, you know. I mean, that's what sport's all about, ultimately, winners and losers, you know. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, they really rolled the luck in this game, to be honest. I'm going to be honest, Bayern fans. Uh, to say 5-2 <laughs> flatters them is an understatement, really, I think. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, at the same time, I think it's a case of classic buying, isn't it? I mean, two goals more for Lewandowski. He didn't have a great game, all in on it, in all honesty, but he still bangs in another couple, and that's just what he does, isn't it? Yep. It's um, yeah. I guess for mine, no Mateta as well. I noticed they dropped Mateta. I can only imagine that it was through poor form because he has been poor for a while now. I mean, he's missed bags of chances in the games before the break. And I mean, yeah, I mean, there were some great performances in there. I mean, Botius is looking like a really good player as well for Mainz at the moment. And it's uh, it, there is still reason for them to believe, but they've got to start defending properly, haven't they? I mean, yeah. it's not only Bayern that are creating loads of chances against them. They, they concede chances left, right and centre against most teams in the Bundesliga. And they need to sort that out badly, I think, for me. OK. So let's move on to another interesting game, which was uh, not a great result for the Leverkusen men, which was a 2-1 defeat in Frankfurt. Yeah, Obviously, Leverkusen taking the lead from a really, really nice piece of skill from Amiri. I really enjoyed that goal, you know, like kind of little flick and then uh, the back heel through the keeper's legs. But then it all fell apart, didn't it, Rory, really, for, for Leverkusen? Yeah, I mean, um, first, yeah, firstly, to just... Um, go back, go back to the Leverkusen goal. Well, there's absolutely poetry in motion, really. Yeah, obviously, playmaker verts with the little kind of flicked pass in, into uh, Amiri's path, and he kind of takes it on the turn like perfectly, and then with the back heel through through the keeper's legs to boot. Yeah, so what a way to start the game. You'd imagine Leverkusen would have got loads of confidence from that, but it kind of went went the other way um, and Frankfurt came storming back. Um, Eunice getting getting the equaliser after being played through by Sal. Um, nice finish to to make it 1-1. And um, as the game went, kind of went on, it, it, was, it was still more more Frankfurt, I think. Um, Kamada again was was influential, um, as was Silver, I think. And um, ultimately, it's, it's Kamada's um, cross that's that's had ends up being turned home by Tapsoba to make it two one uh, to Frankfurt. Um, 
not a whole that probably wasn't a great bit of defending in the first instance where um where the diagonal ball was played in to Kamada. I think that's a bit sloppy from the fullback to let that go through in the first place. Um and Kamada his powers of assisting are, are growing and growing in the league, but his powers in terms of the finishing side are still <laughs> still a little bit to be desired. I think that's where he is lacking. Obviously, he's had a great chance in this game in the middle of the goal on the volley, and it kind of slices off his foot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's looking like a really impressive player. His form's continuing, but if he can add some more goals and look a bit more clinical in front of goal, then well, then you, Frank Fur have got a hell of a player on their on their books. Um, so whilst we're kind of touching on Frank Fur, I think it's quite interesting to see the news about Baz Dost. Um, Obviously, he's kind of, by the looks of it, being uh, shipped off to Club Brugge. Um, what looks like a very interesting move. Obviously, now that kind of puts a bit more pressure on Andre Silva. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Um, obviously, he's, I guess, got most of the goals anyway. But that's that was quite an interesting one for me. Um, from the Leverkusen side... Yeah, after 10 minutes, it's a really good start for them. But after that, they just didn't really get going. You'd expect them to have really had a late flurry. And other than the kind of cross right at the end where, like, uh, the striker, I think it's Schick, misses his header and then Ilario can't quite bring it down to score, I think uh, was about as kind of dangerous as it got for, for Frankfurt in the end, uh, which is very impressive against what is usually a very deadly Leverkusen side. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a blow for Leverkusen in terms of their title race ambitions. Obviously, seeing both of their rivals winning doesn't by any stretch mean that they're you know completely done and dusted. Hopefully, they can um, well dust themselves down um, after two poor losses from their point of view and, and go on another big run. Um, for Frankfurt, um, as I alluded to in in my um, in my article that I've just done for OTB in the, the report cards. Um, Frankfurt now being able to turn what might have been a draw in the, the first third of the season into a win is a really good start for them in the new year. So they'll be absolutely buzzing with their start. Yeah, absolutely. I can't disagree more. I mean, obviously only two defeats in, in the season as well. I mean, obviously early before the kind of win in Augsburg the week in week 13, we were saying that they weren't turning enough games into wins. But I mean, that's what they've started to do now. For me, this was their best performance of the season. I thought it was a fantastic performance in all honesty. And I mean, as you say, they missed three sitters in the game. Like you mentioned uh, Daichi Kamada's uh, miss at the end but they also missed a couple of one-on-ones in the first half as well yeah. it could have been a lot more easy to be honest and as you say I mean I think Hinterager also uh, I mean he had that awful slice which clattered onto the bar with about 10 minutes to go that would have been like kind of classic Frankfurt this year like all that <laughs> quality going forward and then a kind of calamitous own goal at the end to kind of end up drawing the game wouldn't it because that's what's happened a few times really this season but yeah I mean there's been a lot of good standout performers and I think alluding to the Baz Doss I, th- I guess that's why they've tried to move him on because I mean Baz Doss is a very to say he's an old school player is an understatement really isn't it I mean it's like he's almost like Sam Allardyce number nine Kevin Davis centre forward <laughs> isn't he really <laughs> like, but the thing is, his goal scoring record is outstanding. Wherever he's been, he's always scored goals. Like, he's got mm-hmm. a really, really good goal scoring record. But I think, like, 
when you've got a guy like Andre Silva, you want to be building your team around him, really. And they have a lot of other good, interesting players. So I really like that Unes. What I've seen of him recently, he's looked really good. And he, yeah. I think he played well against Gladbach a few weeks ago, and he was really good. He took his goal really well in this game, mm -hmm. too. Like obviously, I've talked a lot about Kamada. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. Philip Kostic is starting to show some of his form from a couple of seasons ago as well. He had a really good game in this match. And I think... Um, yeah, I mean, Frankfurt, they're not out of European places at the moment. Adi Hooter's side, I mean, obviously, early on in the season, you were thinking, yeah, they're drawing too many games. But at the moment, I mean, they're not that far behind uh, Leverkusen, surprisingly, at the moment. I mean, if you look now, they're eighth with 20 points. Leverkusen a third with 28. And like a few weeks ago, you wouldn't have thought eight points is not an impossible gap, you know, especially looking at the yeah. form of the teams now. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as for Leverkusen, it, in many ways, it's same old Leverkusen, and they've had this kind of problem for a long time. They're leading both games, they're looking comfortable. They scored an amazing goal against Bayern the week before. They scored an amazing goal today, and they just—I don't know, really. It's like they, they give away soft goals, and they, they're very easy to play through at times, aren't they? Not always, but at times, teams can create a lot of chances against them. And I mean. I think the own goal taps over. You can't really blame him too much because it was a great ball across, wasn't it? And I think if he hadn't put it into the net, then the waiting, um, I think it was Younes actually, he would have put it into the back of the net uh, anyway. So you can't blame him too much. But the, the two open, and as you say, the, the fullback should have been cutting out that cross originally, really. It's that kind of mistake that is the difference between winning the league and losing at the end of the day, isn't it? Because like... You need to sometimes, just like in, in attack, you need the moments of inspiration. In defence, you also need it sometimes. You need someone to kind of make a great block or a block on the line or something, or a goalkeeper to make a big save. And I'm not sure that Leverkusen have that at times, you know, in at the back. And I think that's the problem and maybe why they often come unstuck these days in these kind of matches. Okay. So let's swiftly move on to a, another really entertaining match between Hoffenheim and Freiburg. I mean, obviously, you don't need to look any further than form teams and looking at uh, Freiburg at the moment. I mean, that's four wins in a row with a goal difference of plus nine as well. They've won two games by three games by two clear goals and one game by three clear goals. So, I mean, this is really a side in form. Obviously, Grifo has been one of the players of the, the last five or six rounds for me. Another good performance from him, tucking away his penalty nicely for another goal against his former club as well. He actually yeah. had two stints in Hoffenheim, no, very unsuccessful uh, stints as well. So I think it, he would have felt good for getting this big win. It's actually the second year in a row they've had a big win at Hoffenheim as well. So they're going to be pretty happy with that. What did you make of that one, Rory? Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good watch. Um, what well, I think one thing that we can say with Freiburg is that um, in, in as much as that we were saying, you know, kind of very early doors, well, maybe seven, eight games into the season where we were saying that they're really struggling and looking, you know, like they're in a relegation battle. Obviously, they've gone on this great run. And now, obviously, I mean, they're level on points with Frankfurt. So if Frankfurt are in the discussion for being in the European spot, all of a sudden we're saying that Freiburg have got a great chance to get in maybe the top six, which is, which just feels completely um, amazing to say because what a run it's been from them. They've just, they've kind of got going. Um, 
been kind of dragged through the through the mud by the talisman Grifo. Um, he's obviously been central to to how the club have, have been performing. Um, but yeah, in regards to this game, they've caught caught Hoffenheim cold really. Um, not a nice quick start. Um, obviously, their first goal is kind of uh, it's kind of well, it's a cross from the byline that's flicked on. Basically, um, I think it was Demir. Demirovic, um, that's terrible pronunciation, but Santa Maria basically is the back stick waiting after his flick on um, to, to tap home and then Grifo from, from the penalty spot um, after a handball, which is a bit of a weird one, I thought, from Bogard because obviously it kind of happens after the corner is whipped in, but he's got his hands in an unnatural position to protect his face. Um, it obviously happens very quickly, but sometimes, as a defender, you just got to wear one in the face, <laughs> especially these days. You just got to keep your hands down. Um, so for me, that was a very odd one. I thought um, the defender could have done a lot better there. Um, and obviously, it's basically game over by half time as as the own goal comes um, from uh, Kazim Adams. Um, so again, he's not covered himself in glory either. So yeah, a few, a few bits with regards to Hoffenheim's defending there, uh, has come back to haunt them in, in this game, their first game of, of 2021. Um, credit to Hoffenheim. They did come out in the second half, um, and, you know, fought till the end, few created a few chances and ultimately got themselves a goal, uh, through Babu. Um, it's a good finish as well. Um, but yeah, as I said, the game was done by half time, so it, it is just one of those things. Um, yeah, Hoffenheim, yeah, they're struggling at the moment. Um, as we've said, they, they can't seem to get going in the league, um, and you know, as a result, they got quite an important win just before Christmas to keep them kind of out of the equation for in terms of certainly in terms of relegation, but. Obviously, we, we've seen like a team like Verda really struggling, and they're starting to get pulled into it. And and Hoffenheim are only a point better than Verda, so in thirteenth place at the moment. So they're probably fortunate that there are certainly four, well, probably five teams. Obviously, as the league says, are worse than them, um, so that they wouldn't get involved in a relegation battle. I wouldn't have thought this year, but. <clears throat> Um, they just need a way to kind of replicate their European form into the Bundesliga. Um, whether that's just the fact that they've been playing against weaker teams, I don't know. But I uh, can't give Freiburg enough credit because they've really turned things around. I was very concerned about them um, a couple of months ago. It looked like they were kind of not really creating much and looked very dodgy at the back. They've now turned this around. They look like they can get goals um going forward and you know it looks like a much prettier picture if you are a Freiburg fan uh so very well done to them yeah I mean I think obviously just to make matters worse for Hoffenheim going into that big game against uh against Schalke I mean that's a must win for them really isn't it I mean you've got to be winning that and getting back into like comfortable mid-table but I mean obviously Sebastian Rudy who's like a key midfielder for them he yeah. went off injured after 12 minutes and then to make things even worse, Akko Guma, the fullback, also went off injured after 17 minutes. So, I mean, mm -hmm. presuming that both of them are going to be missing that game. 
I mean, I, I just think like obviously Rudy is meant to be like the defensive midfielder in that team. He's meant to be offering them protection. And when he went off, I mean, it was just a disaster, really, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just um, I, I'm not sure whether Hoffenheim are working hard enough, though. To be honest, at times, I I, I see a team that are just drifting through the season, really. And I just think, I mean, obviously they're aside. I think they finished in the top half for like the last five seasons in a row, or five or even six seasons. So they're a team that are used to be up and around the European places. Obviously, last year they qualified for Europa League as well. But I mean, at the moment, I just don't think they know where they're going in the league at all. It's just. Um, it's been a very wishy-washy season. You've got a lot of players that are underperforming, like Dabur. He was one of the key players last year. He's barely started recently. Robert Scoff, as well, was also highly rated, the winger. And he's been, I think he's got a red card. He's been poor all season, really, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think even Kramerich, even Captain Fantastic Kramerich, has been average for the last five or six rounds, hasn't he, as well? And I think, I mean... There aside, I mean, Sebastian Hurness is in real trouble. Like, obviously, there have been talks that he's going to get the hook if they don't win at Schalke. And to be honest, I think he can't really have too many complaints if they don't win that game. Because obviously, I mean, everyone's battering uh, Schalke at the minute. And I, I mean, they still have way too much quality. I think the only players really that can take much credit from this season are probably Baumgartner and Kramerich for the first six or seven rounds. But... I mean, Babu has been okay, but I mean, yeah, again, Bebu, not yeah. really enough from him. Yeah, he's been okay, I would say. But I mean, defensively, I mean, the own goal from Kazim Adams was just a joke, really. I mean, it's just a, a soft ball in, really, from the byline. There's three Hoffenheim men who can intercept it behind him, and he just kind of like, I don't know what he does, he, indecision, and he just kind of like ends up toe-poking it into his own net. <laughs> I mean, at 2-0, you're still in the game at halftime. And they did play a lot better in the second half. But, I mean, it's just not good enough, really, from them. They've got a lot of experienced players at that club. And I just think they need to really pull the finger out for the manager unless they're going to end up getting a new guy in as of next weekend if they don't win at Schalke. So, we'll have to see, I guess. Okay. Moving on to the next game was, uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about uh, teams that don't win many home games. Uh, Hertha Berlin were definitely one of them. For the last 18 months, the home did not have many home comforts at all. But obviously, a very, very good performance really this weekend. Um, Gwen Doozy is turning into quite a good signing for them, really. He's scored a couple of good goals in the last three games now. And I think um, he's looking like the kind of player that the calibre of player that Hertha Berlin want to sign to try and get to higher levels, really, because they do have ambition at that club. I mean, they've been very ambitious with the signings in recent years. Piatek also getting um, on the score sheet. He's not really done it, has he, in his time? But I do see signs, though, that Hertha Berlin are starting to like turn things around a little bit now. I do see a, a bit more consistent consistency in the quality of performances and a bit more, a few more key players starting to come to the fore now, Rory. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched a great deal of this game and, yeah, Hertha were obviously complete control of the tie. Um, Schalke, whilst it was 0-0, were trying their best from, from set pieces. Um, they they got a break as well um, through through Utz, who, was, who uh, kind of found himself played through on goal and his shot was excellently kind of tipped around the post. Uh, to keep it at nil-nil. Um, and you think if that goes in, obviously, despite the fact that Schalke are down on their luck and down on performances and, and everything, really, that 
with Hertha's home record, they might have started to panic the home side. Um, but obviously, he's not taking the chance, which is key key at the top level of football, basically. If you don't take your chances, uh, you will eventually get punished. So, yeah, Gendouzi with um, well, a very clinical uh, finish inside the box, a nice curled effort um, to give them the lead. Uh, going into the second half, again, they demonstrated a lot of control, um, never looked in too much trouble, especially after the first goal went in. That helped their confidence. and They looked to to break on Schalke on, on many occasions, as obviously Schalke were trying to get back into the game, as they rightly should have done. Um, so I think um, credit to Hersa, who just kind of measured the situation, basically. Um, so Derrida then set up Cordoba, and to tap home from close range, that made it 2-0. And then, as you said, Piatek came on as a sub to quickly add a third and kind of kill the game itself. Um, so, yeah, obviously, that's good for Hertha's confidence. Uh, it never hurts to win against anyone, to, to, despite who it is, 3-0, especially when you've got some kind of worries at home. Uh, so a 3-0 win does them the, the world of good and can they go into this year and be a, a bit more of a consistent team? Uh, they've got some, you know, some impressive looking players, as you said, and there is a bit of an ambition behind them. Obviously, they play in this coliseum of the stadium in the Olympic Stadion, which is a really impressive um, kind of stadium as it, as it is. So they've got themselves the setup, and like I say, there's the, the ambition is there. And uh, I mean, how brilliant would it be to have two two Berlin clubs, you know, regularly inside the top ten, or you know, even inside the top six, regularly battling it out? I bet that would add some spice to the Berlin derby. I'm sure if they're both, you know, competitive up at the top of the Bundesliga all the time. So that's that looks really promising, I think, for Hertha. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously, they might, you know, get smashed 5-0 next weekend we'll have to see they are they are an inconsistent team so we'll, we'll we'll see how we go but it's a promising signs um as for Schalke um 2021 unfortunately hasn't hasn't started in an ideal fashion they haven't managed to get that first win just yet um yeah obviously few chances in the game especially in the second half they try you know they huffed and they puffed didn't create an awful lot like i've alluded to the best chances for me was when Oots was played through played through at nil nil um yeah it's i mean they're playing youngsters as well at the moment giving some young lads a chance which is worth a punt um it can sometimes change fortunes around if they come into a game you know fresh of mind and haven't got all those fears that some of the regular players have. It can sometimes turn a team's fortunes. You kind of allude to maybe an Arsenal situation where all their regular players have been really poor. They've thrown in some youngsters and it's kind of turned their fortunes around. Um, unfortunately, that's not worked for Schalke and they still lost 3-0. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're obviously in all sorts of trouble. Um, they're on their fourth manager now. They've just got to go from game to game and just see how things go. Um, if they can pick up some scrappy wins in the next month or two, then they might be in the conversation for scrape for scraping up to 16th and maybe getting a relegation playoff place. But for me, as I said a few weeks ago, as they lost their crucial games over Christmas, I think they're done in terms of the Bundesliga this season. Um, but... Well, let's hope I eat my words because we want a team like Schalke in the Bundesliga. 
Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's just um, there's no words really to describe what's going on at that club, really. Is there? I mean, it's just uh, I mean, look at the goal difference, minus 31 uh, goals. So they've lost 10 games this season. So that means that they've, they've lost by an average of over three goals a game in all of the defeats over the, the 10. I mean, they've, they have actually managed to pick up four draws. I mean, I can't even remember when they got those draws, to be honest <laughs> with you. It seems like every week to me. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, they have drawn four games this season. But, yeah, I mean, we're coming closer and closer to that record, aren't we? And also that famous year um, without a win. I think it was the 17th of January. So, I, by my reckoning, they've got two more games to end it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, any other team would be looking at Hoffenheim at the weekend and thinking they're beatable. But, I mean, for Schalke, it still looks like a mountain to climb, even to beat a struggling Hoffenheim side, doesn't it? So I think yeah. uh, this could be realistically the absolute last hope to to stay up this year with a win there. As you say, they are only six points. Well, you can call it seven points with goal difference behind uh, that third from bottom. So it's not completely yeah. done yet. But I mean, that win has got to come soon, hasn't it? Like mm -hmm. really, really soon. It's in this weekend soon, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, swiftly move on there. Yeah. So let's uh, round up the the other five games just quickly today. Okay. So yeah, Augsburg with another win, a late Iago goal. I think this game reminded me a lot of the one nil win in Bielefeld just before Christmas. It was. Uh, I think Cologne missed a few good chances, but Augsburg are a really really tough side to play against. And they have uh, that ambition to go and win the game late on. And I think it was a case of this. It wasn't a vintage Augsburg performance that we were seeing earlier in the season, but they're proving hard to beat, aren't they, Rory? Yeah, absolutely. They've got they've got a bit of grit about the Moorsberg. Um, obviously, they kind of, well, they thought they were ahead early doors. Obviously, Niederlechter actually had two goals disallowed in the game. Both were offside, so he'll count himself unlucky in that regard. Um, but fair play to the striker. Well, he kept on going and, and was actually the the assister um, for the Iago goal um, to tap home um, to obviously make it 1-0 and obviously is the, is the decider in the end of it all. Um, but, yeah, they, they obviously have got, you know, this grits about them and, and have a good solid way of playing um i think you know they're playing to how they would expect to be doing so far this season um i think they're doing really nicely uh they're certainly not in the conversation for being threatened by relegation um they've not you know they score about as many as they concede that obviously there's not often an awful lot of goals in their games. So they're they're always usually in the conversation. And that's not saying that they're not an entertaining game because every team's got their own individual way of playing. Um, but they pick up these wins um, at crucial times. They rarely lose to teams that they should like that they should beat uh that sorry that they should lose to they usually do well against the teams that they should do well against and they obviously tend to struggle against the teams that have got a bit more creativity and can break them down a bit easier um obviously from the fc cologne point of view um they've defensively been a, a lot more resolute uh, and as a result it wasn't a big win for Augsburg. um but going forward they haven't really struck a chord that much this season so that's why it was one of these kind of great games that probably suited Augsburg more um and of course Cologne picked up um some important results you know of late before Christmas but still are obviously in, in trouble at the wrong end of the table so 
Yeah, I think it's just one of those games that you could have quite easily predicted it wouldn't have been the prettiest of games. Um, it would have been great if Cologne, from their point of view, could have nicked a point that might have dragged them a little bit further away from that dreaded relegation playoff space. Um, but they're still well in the mix down at the bottom, I'm afraid. So, yeah, just one of those ones. Augsburg, very solid move on to the next week Cologne go again as it wasn't a terrible loss or performance yeah absolutely yeah. and then another one nil away win uh, for Gladbach in Bielefeld I think again th this match in many ways sums up Bielefeld's season you know I mean they missed a really like a sitter really through Cordova the the kind of striker I mean, he, he's got, he's just got a side foot. He's, he's put on a plate for him and he's just got a side foot in and he manages to put it wide. And I just think like they just they don't score enough goals. That's the problem. I mean, they got the big win just before the break at Schalke, which kind of kept them going. But I mean, for me, like this is the kind of game I think with the form that Gladbach were on, obviously two rams starting his five match ban. They could have got a point. Like sometimes you've just got to get points in these games, you know, and it was just, I don't think Gladbach were great really in this game either. I mean, they're not really having a great season, truth be known, in the league, Gladbach. And I mean, if Cordova scores that, you'd imagine that they wouldn't take less than a point, you know. And then, as usual, a few minutes later, I think, uh, obviously, my man, Mbolo, who hadn't <laughs> had the best of the game before this, to be fair to him, it was a good finish, really. You know, he staved off the defender and then just kind of nicked it past the goalkeeper. Yeah, Rory, were you impressed with that match as such? Uh, well, well, it wasn't the greatest games, and I think, as we probably said in our last video, I think we, we always thought that this would be a close game based on the form of both sides, the way that Armenia play and stay in contests really well, um, the fact that Gladbach haven't got going so far this season, but, you know, a win's a win, sometimes got a win a bit dirty and a bit, bit nasty and a bit gritty, and, and that, that, you know, it'll do Gladbach quite you know, a lot of good, I'd, I'd imagine, because as we mentioned, they're without Chiram now, well, now for four games, so they've got rid of, so they've got rid of one game um, and they've got three points from it. It's kind of like a bit of a countdown now, you know, games four, three, two and one, what, what points and damage can they do? They've obviously got a really big game coming up um, this weekend, coming against the champions. That presents another, another huge challenge for them. Um, but, the way that Gladbach play and the way that we've seen them play in the Champions League, at times they've been a joy to watch. So if we see that team come out and come at Bayern, who you know who are frailties at the back, there's no reason why they can't do that and climb and start climbing the league. What better way to start 2021 than beating the champions and then really kickstarting your season? Um, so it's far from impossible to do. Um, so let, let's see where Gladbach can go from there. Armenia... Obviously, 1-0 loss against Gladbach is far from disgraceful. Yes, of course, they lack goals, as as you mentioned, Mark. Um, that is going to be the kind of difference between them maybe staying in the division. I think, uh, as I've maybe written about and said, I'd say that they're hoping for 16th and then can just scrape through on the on the playoff maybe. But, yeah, not, not a disgrace by any stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's turning into like four teams, four, maybe five teams who look like significantly worse than the rest. Obviously, Schalke, obviously Mainz, Bielefeld, and then I would say Cologne and maybe Werder as well. And then there's quite a big gap in quality after those five, I would say, really. I mean, I think early on in the season, we didn't really think Werder would be in that category. But I mean, recently, 
the last 10 rounds of fixtures they've been pretty abysmal really haven't they and coming on to their game yeah I mean it was another comfortable defeat 2-0 home defeat by Union Berlin this week I mean Union I mean it they might say a couple of decisions went against uh, Werder in this game, I guess. I would say, yeah, they, they have a right to be a bit annoyed, I guess. But at the same time, I think Union were well worthy of the three points, Rory. Yeah, I'd say so. Like a clinical performance, you can say, really, from Union. Um, obviously, a one-year gain on the gain on the score sheet again. Well done to him. He's he's looking like um, he's settling, you know, settling our team, which would be great, great for the player. Um, so that that's obviously good for for Union to see another kind of successful um, transfer for for them, and then um, Becker as well helping helping the side to another really impressive um, start to the season for Union. They they go from strength to strength. Um, obviously, teams around them basically won, so their position in the league doesn't. Um, well, obviously, they've moved up a place up to fifth. Um, and they say they stay on the coattails of of Dortmund and and you know they're they're a point off Dortmund there you know they're only four points off Leverkusen in third I have beggars belief how well they're doing you know so superb superb stuff and they're long may it continue because it's it's really enjoyable to watch um yeah on on Verda they look they look shot shy. They don't look like they've got many goals in them at the moment. Um, Bittencourt isn't really doing much at the at the moment either. The talisman he he kind of dragged them through last season and and started this season pretty okay as well, to be fair. So yeah, they're looking like they're getting involved in that relegation melee again. I'm afraid. So yeah, we'll see how they go, but they need a win very soon. Yeah, they're just such a stodgy side, I think, Vader, aren't they? Like, all the players seem to be about six foot six. And, like, <laughs> I don't know, they just don't seem to have very much quality at all. I mean, as you say, Bittencourt and maybe Osaka are the only ones that really provide any flair in that team yeah. at all, aren't they? I mean, the rest of them, even guys like Eggerstein and Christian Gross in the midfield, they're just like, they're just uh, kind of like wardrobe type players, really, aren't they? You know, they're just there to kind of break down attacks. I don't yeah. know. I, just, I don't see any real like passing quality in that side. And it's just, I don't know, really. As you said, they rely on Bittencourt, who's like their only kind of like flair player, so to speak. He's their only marquee player, really. I mean, Josh Sargent, I think he's a decent player, but he doesn't score enough goals, does he at mm -hmm. all? Like, yeah. I think we have seen at times that he's decent, but he, he misses big chances. And uh, it's a big problem for a side like them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. So we're, yeah, moving on to the Sunday. Uh, obviously, uh, no. Sorry. Actually, Saturday evening. Yeah, we had uh, Leipzig getting a one-nil win in Stuttgart. I think this was quite an entertaining game, despite only one goal. I mean, obviously Emil Forsberg missing the penalty in the first half, which was it looked like it was going to cost them, didn't it? But then obviously, mm -hmm. probably their second best player of the season after Angelino, Daniel Olmo, banging one in to get a, a very hard four win. I think at the end, they had to um, withstand quite a lot of pressure from Stuttgart as well. Missed a few chances there at the end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in the end, it's a very good win this for Leipzig, Rory. Yeah, it was. Um, very impressive win in the end. Uh, obviously, the penalty could have cost them. Great save by Kobel uh, in goal, uh, saving it onto the bar, basically. Um and yeah, I think obviously as you mentioned, Stuttgart did put them under a lot of pressure, but 
and they did miss a few chances. But uh, to be fair, that is probably the first team that Stuttgart haven't looked like scoring against. I'd say they sc- they scored and created a lot more chances against pretty much every team they've played. This is the quietest they've been or the quietest I've seen them all season. And that's credit to RB in their defence. Um, so that's a really professional job from RB, I think, the fact that they kind of made them a little bit more stale. There was, to be fair, end-to-end, and it was a good game for 1-0. Um, but, yeah, Olmo with the crucial goal, it, he gets a bit, well, Angelino gets a bit of luck because his cross is deflected perfectly, which loops up to Olmo and he can't really miss um, to make it 1-0. And it's obviously a crucial goal in the end. But, yeah, important for RB backing up uh, a big start to what is, you know, who knows, is a big season, a uh, big year for them, in, in fact. Uh, they, re- you know, remain close to the leaders buy-in and, you know, keep up the pressure on them. Uh, Stuttgart just been having the odd dodgy result. Obviously, they've been, you know, incredibly impressive so far. One of the teams of the season so far for me. But um, they're now more closer to mid, mid-table than they are top, you know, top six or whatever, which, you know, is well beyond what they should be achieving. So staying around mid-table, don't get involved in, you know, anything underside of that I think you know they're doing superbly well yeah I think also the Stuttgart they have had a lot of hard fixtures recently I think they've had Bayern then Union then they had Wolfsburg away and then obviously yeah. today uh, Leipzig so I think I think they just need a nice home fixture against someone like a, a, a Bielefeld or a Schalke to get mm-hmm. back on target really you know yeah. but I think uh, yeah, I mean, they have slipped down to 11th, which for me is they've been they played above that level for most of the season. Yeah, yeah. I think they've not been held by the form of teams like Frankfurt and, and uh, Freiburg, who've flown recently. And obviously, they've made up a lot of points and just gone above them in this last weekend. Yeah. But I, I'd like to hope that at least get up towards like eighth, ninth by the end of the season. Because, I mean, for the first 10 matches, they were outstanding, really, for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the final game was, uh, yeah, I mean, we I think we expected a bit more from this game, maybe this Dortmund v Wolfsburg. I mean, it was, uh, I, I personally didn't fancy Dortmund at all to win this, but it was a very important win for Dortmund. Um, I mean, I think the key moment really was um, the missed chance, uh, rather unluckily, it kind of deflected off the defender and hit the outside of the post. If that goes in, yeah. I mean, Dortmund are in big trouble for me because I think they'd have let their heads drop, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, obviously Haaland back is a big point as well. I mean, he he gives them a focal point, doesn't he? He's absolutely massive to that team, really. I mean, he didn't get the goal this weekend, but he was a good performance from him, Rory, I think. Yeah, massive. Just across the pitch, just his link-up play, his presence, his own individual brilliance. Obviously, he didn't get the goal, but it was a really good performance from, from the striker and he looks back to his best and I expect him to be in the goals from next weekend i'm sure he'll he'll be back to it straight away but that's a huge plus point for dortmund yeah i think the miss in the early chat in the early stages for um for wolfsburg is, is massive just a little flick off hummels's knee onto the post and wide yeah that's a massive point in the game really early on um but then dortmund were able to to hold on and then Sancho goes through late on goal. That That's a big thing for him as well because, you know, it's, it's a good chance on the break. He takes on his man, finishes well, big confidence booster for the young man as well. So big win for Dortmund, uh, disappointing for Wolfsburg, but no great disaster. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that concludes our week 14 uh, analysis. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. So let's move swiftly on to Petrie and Pundit's Predict, where me and Rory will both decide our week's predictions for week 15. Let's do it, yeah. So very quickly, we'll just, uh, well, let you guys know, up, update you on the scores on the doors. So it was 7-3 to me over the Christmas period, and Mark has pulled one back uh, over week 14. So it's now 7-4 overall. So it's it's starting to balance up very nicely indeed ahead of our predictions for this weekend. So we'll just go through them very swiftly indeed right now. So starting off with the Friday night game that looks incredibly tasty, uh, it's Borussia Mönchengladbach hosting uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, so I'm going to say a 2-2 draw in this game. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, actually, I've also gone for 2-2. I just think Gladbach in those big games, he just love those big games, don't they? So 2-2. Very good. Moving on to the Saturday game. So Saturday afternoon, we've got Leverkusen hosting, uh, struggling Werder Bremen. I think it'll be a 3-1 home win. Wow, 3-1 for me as well to Leverkusen. Blimey. <laughs> Very good. And our next game will be uh, Sporting Club Freiburg hosting uh, Shot Shy uh, FC Cologne. I think it'll be 3-0 to the home side. I've just gone for 2-0 to the home Ooh. side. <laughs> Very good. Uh, another Saturday afternoon kickoff will be uh, FC Union Berlin hosting VFL Wolfsburg. Uh, this promises to be another tasty game. I think the home side will win 2-1. This is unbelievable. I've also gone for 2-1 to the home Oh, side. wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this isn't a setup. This is truly unprecedented. Yeah, great. I agree on so many. <laughs> Um, another game, of course, is a, a big one at the other end of the table. So Schalke are hosting Hoffenheim. I think Hoffenheim will just about do the job 2-1. 2-1 Hoffenheim. Oh, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> Four out of five, you say. That's incredible, really. Crazy. Uh, the last Saturday afternoon game was between uh, Mainz and Eintracht Frankfurt. And I think it will be a 3-1 away win for Frankfurt. I've just gone for 2 0 to Frankfurt. <laughs> Very good. Saturday afternoon leads us to another huge game in the Bundesliga. We've got RB Leipzig hosting Borussia Dortmund. Promises to be a great game. I'm going to say it's going to be a 3 2 win to the home side. I've gone for 2 2 this time. 2 2. Okay. So one of the few disagreements me and Mark have had. Moving on to the Sunday games, we've got FC Augsburg hosting a VFB Stuttgart. I think it will be a 1 1 draw. I've gone for 2-1 Stuttgart. I just think uh, I think the winner of this game can pretty much see themselves as safe this season. I think it's uh, I just think that Stuttgart will kind of strike back and win this time. Yeah, good shout. Uh, and then the last game of the weekend will be Armenia Bielefeld hosting Hertha Berlin, who travel usually a lot better than they are at home. So I think they'll grab themselves another win, two-one. I've gone for a two-nil Hertha win. Very good. Uh, so that quickly sums up who we think are going to be doing well next week in terms of our predictions. And so that brings Petrie and Pundit's predict to a close for this weekend. And swiftly moving on to our hero and zero of match week 14. A fairly tricky one in both respects, I think, this weekend. So starting with the hero of the week, we have chosen uh, collectively, um, Taiwo Awonyi uh, for his assist and goal in Union's clinical 
win over Werder Bremen 2-0. So, um, yeah, very good performance from Awonyi. Very impressive indeed. And Mark will tell us who our zero of the week is. Yeah, so there are there are a couple of ideas for the zero, including Lazma, who missed for Mainz. But I think overall, I think uh, the the Kazim Adams own goal was a bit of a horror show. And I mean, obviously, it capped a shocking first half when they lost three 0 in the first half against Freiburg. So yeah, for me, the Kazim Adams has got to be the, the probably the biggest mistake, the worst incident of the week. So sorry, Kazim, but you are our zero of the week. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it was a tricky one now uh, this week because yeah, there were some good performances and not that many horror performances. Um, so yeah, so sorry, Kazim Adams, but we've had to choose someone. <laughs> so that yeah, that brings uh, to a close our hero and zero of the week, and it brings a close to our first show uh our first bundesliga show of 2021 hope you all enjoyed it hope they can just bring a bit of a smile to your face in such weird times that we're going through hopefully the bundesliga is able to stay on throughout all of these lockdowns and keep us entertained and keep us going uh please if you uh, are enjoying these shows do subscribe we've got more mini shows coming out we've got our european edition uh, landing very soon uh, and that will continue to carry on as well as our Derby Day dive-ins. So please do have a look and drop us a subscribe and keep us going with the momentum and hopefully we'll all have a much better 2021. So over to Mark to close up for this week. So yeah, it's been another great show uh, reviewing the week 14. So let's just swiftly move on to um, yeah the Twitter feed. So, yeah, remember, guys, if you want to check out anything related to over-the-bar content, I know that Rory's written a really good double-header pieces uh, reviewing the, the halfway scorecards as well, which I enjoyed reading over the weekend as well. So check that out as well. Also, anything related to football, like Premier League, women's football, just about everything, basically. So check that out. Also, check out our website, otbfootball.net. Make sure you check all that out. Uh, like our content on YouTube. Subscribe. Follow us on uh, Anchor and um, Spotify and things like that. Make sure you interact as much as possible because that allows us to get as much content out as possible. And we do have a lot of interesting content coming out for you in the next few weeks. So look out for that. And yeah, so I think that's all from me. So, yep. yeah. Servus. See you next week. <laughs>